when you're in practice, like test your limits. There's nothing to lose. You can see how far you can go to get to a ball. Just kind of like simple things like that. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hey friends, as promised, this week on When the Cleats Come Off, you get to hear from my baby sister. Not the baby sister, she's actually the middle sister, Christina Burkhardt. She is playing, this is her sixth year, sixth, sixth year playing. The reason why it's six years is because her freshman year, she broke her hand, which she'll go into here in this episode. And then she got her COVID year back. So she's literally playing her sixth season of softball, which is absolutely nuts. And you're going to learn so much about our story growing up. This is literally one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. We laugh, we cry. It's just fun. So some of the things that you'll be able to find on this episode, other than our softball story, is what it's like playing for two Hall of Fame coaches. She transferred from UNC to play her sixth year at another school just because she wanted something different. And so she's going to share like what are the big things that she's learned from playing for these coaches. She also goes into a little bit of her travel ball and recruiting story, which is obviously different than mine, simply because I'm the oldest, she's the middle. So hearing her perspective is really, really fun as well. She also shares what she's looking forward to most, knowing this is her final season. And she dives also into outfield and why she loves it. She even gives tips on how to really become a great outfielder. And she's one of the best that I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying that because she's my sister. I would compare her footwork, her reads to people like Natasha Watley and Caitlin Lowe. I'm legitimately saying that. So we can learn a lot from her there. And then she wraps up talking actually about her injuries. So she's actually broke both of her hands playing softball. And she also talks about how those seasons of her life were probably one of the most defining moments in her career. So without further ado, it is time to listen and learn from my little sister, Christina Burkhart. Hey guys, welcome back to When the Cleats Come Off. I'm your host, Ashley Eggle. And the favorite Burkhart child has finally entered the chat. Stop that. <laughs> Christina Burkhart, our middle sister of three, is here and ready to party. So we are basically not even a week away from your first game for your final season. I'm so excited to have you on to talk about your last ride. How do you feel about it? You play in less than a week. What are what are your feelings and thoughts? Honestly, I'm kind of all over the place. I would say I'm the most excited for this season. I think that has to do with 
just being on a new team and getting to know like a new group of girls and seeing how much like work and effort we've put into this preseason it's kind of amped me up and just knowing our first two weekends and the schedule we have coming up like there's some nerves but there's also a chance to like showcase ourselves and I think there's a lot this team has to offer and I'm just so excited I honestly can't believe that it's here I told you this earlier I was like I'm literally looking at snow and I'm supposed to leave for Florida (laughs) on Thursday so there's a lot going through my mind but honestly most of it is excitement and just like ready to start this last season and just soak it all in and just have the time of my life so yes and I'm ready I can't wait to watch you um you're lucky enough to have had two like more seasons than most people like your class that you walked into UNC with has been done for two years ish and that's pretty crazy. And I'm honestly extremely jealous that you get more softball, yeah. you know, if only, yes, I did get two more years pro, but it's different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It it's like, if I could like play college softball, it's a whole different ball yeah. pun intended, but so the audience can get to know you. I know I've talked about you on the podcast a lot and you don't have to know that, but I do want you to share like your, your version of us growing up and your version of softball from when you first were introduced to it to where you are now so we can kind of get to know you a little bit on the pod yeah I would say my first kind of like memories of softball was literally just riding along with you and dad to your tournaments like I I don't (laughs) even know if I started playing softball at that time I think I may have done like wildcat baseball or something like in in the backyard you did that but Mm -hmm. I think like my most like childhood like favorite memories of softball were going to your tournaments and how close like the team that you were playing like with were and I loved that and I was like in the dugout I was probably one of the loudest people in the dugout like cheering (laughs) um and just like watching and I honestly think my knowledge of the game has a lot to do with like just watching and observing you guys, I mean, you guys, you guys were five years older than me and I was just sitting in the dugout, like either in awe or just like, just soaking it all in and just like gathering as much softball knowledge as I could. And I don't think I realized that at the time, obviously, because I was so young, but looking back, I'm like, I think a lot of my softball IQ has come from just being the younger sister and just watching you go through like your career from when you were 12 to when you were like 25. Like I, I was there, I was just observing and then like not letting like your career kind of like shape mine in a way. Like obviously there was a lot of takeaways from it, but I think I kind of think I did a pretty good job of like having like my own kind of like softball experience as well. And yeah, I mean, having dad as a coach, it's never easy, but <laughs> I think, I mean, there's a lot of memories there that I'll, like, I'll never forget. And I remember like having my last travel ball tournament. I was like, wow. I was like, it started just watching you to having my own tournaments going all over like California, Colorado, like playing some really tough competition and not really like knowing how much that prepared me for college. I felt like once I got to college, there was a big difference, like the the game sped up, but in the end, like the game is the game. Like I was ready for any challenge that I was facing. I was just honestly just out there, just wanted to play my heart out. And I think that's something that like dad kind of instilled in us 
Like there wasn't like, Mm -hmm. there wasn't like you have to be perfect or you have to do this, 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 and this, like your preparation is your preparation and just go out on the field and take it one pitch at a time and just enjoy the moment. And I think that's something that I, I've done really well throughout my college career, especially. Heck yeah. And you've been through so much. I'm really glad you mentioned how like you didn't let my career like shape yours. Like you created your own experience Mm -hmm. and yes, like there were things that you learned from mine, but you made it your own. Like, you know how much I love Purdue. You know how much that school really meant to me and playing there. And like, not once did dad or I ever want to push you to go there because like we wanted you to find your version of Purdue um, I can't tell you how many people just got mad at me because even like people at Purdue that were like, why isn't your sister yeah. here? And I'm just like, because like, well, one, if we could play together, it might be different, but she's fine. Right. Than me. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it was just like, let you figure it out. Let you figure out what your dream is. And, you know, for some siblings, it's like, yeah, I want to go where my sister played. But for you, it's like, no, I want to go find like where I fit in and what's home for me. Cause we're, we're all three of us are different. Yeah. And we want different things. So take me through, a lot of people ask about recruiting a lot. And obviously your experience is a little different because like you had me and then like to, to learn from, mm-hmm. like dad and I could, did, had nothing, we had no idea what the heck we were doing with recruiting. But like, what was your experience like going through the recruiting process, going to camps and things like that? Yeah, honestly, the recruiting process is was somewhat of a blur <laughs> to me only because <laughs> I didn't like knowing when college coaches were at my game or like, I, I never like, yeah. like sought them out. Yeah. Like, and I think that's like one of the biggest keys is just like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't care that they're there. Like you should play every game mm-hmm. your hardest, no matter who's in the crowd. And I think that was like very important. And I never, and some of the college coaches that did come to my game were because of you. Like they knew who you were and they're like, oh, like, let's go check out her younger sister. But even then, like, I didn't know who was in the stands. Like when coach P saw me in Colorado, I didn't even know, (laughs) like, and then she reached out. And so, yeah, I mean, I would just, that's kind of all I remember in regards to like coaches coming to see me. But I remember I went to like Mm -hmm. every Notre Dame camp that you could think of, like, I think I was there we did that. every summer for like that week long camp, which I loved. Like it was so much fun. I met some girls like I'm still friends with today, but I originally really thought I was going to go to Notre Dame. Like that was kind of like where my eyes were set. And then once I kind of like got a little bit older and more coaches were seeing me and I went on that trip to North Carolina, like my first unofficial visit. And it was just so much more than I could have imagined. Like just everything about it. I loved it. It was very different from Notre Dame, sort of. I mean, I think Notre Dame's campus is gorgeous, but I love North Carolina's campus. And just like the tradition there and the family aspect, like I think they're very similar, those two schools. But I think just at the end of the day, I wanted to kind of go venture out on my own. Like I had this image that I was going to stay in Indiana. And obviously I didn't. And I think that was like the best thing for me as like a woman, a person, and like an athlete, like I think venturing out to a different state and seeing a new perspective helped me out overall in my life. So, yeah, I feel like you and Anna were probably similar in that regard. Yeah, like you went and saw something other than home, and it was everything. It was more than what you had imagined. So, Chapel Hill, what specifically stood out to you on your visit? 
Like, I know you said family atmosphere at the campus is cool, but like, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people, they look at recruiting and they're like, I just want to see what they have. But I feel like when you go in, you kind of like know what you want. Well, how do I say this? Like at Purdue, I felt like the same thing. I just felt home, like you yeah. were home. And it's hard to describe. Like, could you describe that home feeling? Or is it one of those things where you just like, you just feel I think it? it was, I, because I can't, I can't pick one thing that stuck out to me when I was there. Mm-hmm. It was honestly like just a feeling. I remember it was like in the fall and fall in Chapel Hill is just like gorgeous. Like so gorgeous. And I just remember like walking up to the field and it was just like, you know, that like brisk fall feeling like the weather. And then I just remember like, like looking at the field for the first time. And I was just like, I could imagine myself playing here for Mm. four years. Like it was just, yeah, I I wouldn't say there was just like one thing. I, I really do think it was just a feeling like you just kind of like know that you belong there and that it was the right fit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it, you kind of nail it on the head when it comes to, you could just see yourself be- being yeah. there. You can see yourself going to class there. You can see yourself competing there and it just felt yeah. right. Like, I think that's, it's cool. And you didn't go on many visits. Nope. Did you? Was it just UNC? Yeah. I, I you just went yeah, there. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I think I was supposed to go on a visit to Notre Dame actually the week after. Um, but I just knew from that visit that I didn't want to see anywhere else and that that's where I wanted to go. And so, yeah, I committed early. I committed sophomore year, like fall of sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then take me after you committed, like what was your experience in travel ball after that? Because I know dad and I, we recently had talked about how like travel balls meant for after you com- after you commit, it's like, how can you compete at the highest level to be prepared? Yeah. So like, tell me, take me through that aspect of you were committed, but now you're still competing in travel ball. Take me through yeah, that. Yeah, I, th- I think it's funny that you mentioned that because I, rem- I remember when I did commit and I was still like busy the entire summer going to these tournaments, people from our hometown would be like, well, you're committed. Like, why are you still going to these showcase tournaments? Like, why are you still like, I don't know, Spending all this money to travel. Exactly. And I mean, I kind of viewed it as, okay, well, yeah, I'm committed, but like, am I ready to be a starter my freshman year? You know, like it was just like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to take anything off. Like I wanted to see as much competition as I could. That way I was ready when I got there. And, um, and I didn't really try to put pressure on myself because, you know, I feel like nowadays it's kind of like, oh, like she's committed here. She's committed at this big school. Like, there's a lot of pressure to be like held with that, but not really. Like if you just like put that all aside, like you're still an athlete trying to grow into an even greater athlete. So why, why would you take any reps off? Like, why would you not put the same amount of time as you did before you got recruited kind of stuff like that. So I tried to just not really think about like the fact that I was committed to a power five school and rather like just play with my teammates and experience like the travel ball experience as best I could. So, yeah, that was so well said. I love it. Okay. So now you're competing, you transferred, you were at UNC for five years, you transferred. Now you're at Michigan. So we are closer to home we are, now. We are. There's, I would, it is nice to know you're two and a half hours away yes, from me. And it's, <laughs> it's nice because I feel like when I was 10 hours away in North Carolina, I still had a lot of appreciation for the Midwest. Like, 
I think it honestly yeah. grew when I left. I was just like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like Indiana has a lot to offer no matter what anybody else says. So I have a greater appreciation <laughs> now. <laughs> so. Let's go. Even though there's like 10 feet of snow on the ground, it's fine. That's an exaggeration. Yeah, that can go. That obviously. can go. <laughs> <laughs> So excited. So a lot of people talk about elite coaches and you are playing for one and you've played for another before as well, but take me through like, what are the qualities of Hutch that you just love? Cause I know you're loving your experience, but like, she's a great coach. She's in the hall of fame for a reason. Like what are those qualities that really stick out to you that you admire? Hutch is one of a kind. I absolutely love playing for her. She's like one of the most like woman advocates I've ever like been around like she appreciates Mm -hmm. women's sports and she instills that in us every day and just like her small snippets before and after like practice like they're so engaging you're just like she just knows so much and she knows how to present it to us in a way that like we fully understand it and it's so motivating and I think she really knows how to speak to us as people and as players that's like it's just, it's really, it's so awesome. And she has this standard and from day one, we've known the standard and it's to get to the women's college world series and she won't let us forget it. And we don't want her to like ease up on us at all. Mm -hmm. Like we go into practice every day and we grind and she, and she's kind of just like, she's so easygoing. Like she can be stern, don't get me wrong, but like, she's just one of those coaches that like, you know, that she wants the best out of you. And so anything that she says to us, like we take it and we move on with it. Like we, like we know that she's there for us. And so even if it's criticism, like we know she just wants to help us. And so we kind of use it and take it with us. So I, I love playing for her and I'm kind of sad that I only get one year with her, but um, <laughs> I'll take it because I wasn't expecting obviously to be playing another year at an- another university. So definitely grateful for her and I'm glad I will forever be in her corner. So, yeah. Yeah. And her support staff's elite yeah. too. So like, how does that dynamic work? Like how, how are these practices? You don't have to tell me about all your practices, but like, I know, what makes them elite is that each head, each coach knows their role and player then also feels like they know their role. So like, how is that dynamic working with everybody on the staff then? Yeah, they, I mean, all three of them have so much knowledge for the game. So not one coach has like a set position other than Biggie, like Biggie has the pitchers and is the only one that has the pitchers, but like she has a lot of insight with hitting like Bonnie, mm-hmm. Hutch. So it kind of like rotates every day on who has like what, like hitting or defense, but yeah, they just, they kind of, they work well together, but they also have like, obviously some differences in some areas, but it never really gets in the way of like us as players. I mean, they've been working together forever. So the dynamic is pretty seamless, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's kind of awesome to have like three amazing coaches that have amazing insight on the game. Like, I feel like I'm constantly Mm -hmm. learning and I, I mean, it's my sixth year in college. Like, what else can I learn? But I'm, <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still learning and I'm still growing. So, yeah, it's it's been pretty awesome. That's so cool. I love that each coach kind of gets a hand on like all aspects. Like, they get a feel, mm-hmm. they get a pulse for every side of the game. That's really really cool. Yeah. So, if you could choose one thing that you're most excited about for this year, this season which is a couple of days away, 
Could you choose one thing? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I just really, I love the chemistry of this team. Like, we all get along, and I that's very cliche and very hard to say for, like, you know, some teams. Like, there's not everyone. Like, there's there can be cliques. There can be, I don't know, just not... You can, you can like everybody, but not have to be, like, best friends with them. But this team is very different. Like, this team, there's a cohesive goal, and you can see it in every single person, and the chemistry's there. And so I'm honestly just excited to play as a team with this team because aside from talent, like, I think that might carry us all the way. So, I'm yeah, I'm just really excited. And we have, like, I'm just excited for the freshmen to get out there because, like, these freshmen are awesome, and <laughs> and I'm just, like, so excited to see how well they do, and they're so ready for their time, and it's just, like, it's just fun to watch, and, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm excited for, but I think that would have to be the top one, I think. I love it. I mean, it reminds me of, like, when you saw – us at Dwanger win a state championship in high school. Mm-hmm. It's like, did we have like all the talent in the world? Like, no, but like we fig- like we loved each other so much that we're like, everybody's going nuts for every hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and we had that one inning where it was just like back to back to back to back hits yeah. and we're just like going nuts. Like, and I think it's because we were just, we had such a good chemistry. Like it was like, that's like the only thing that I can come to my mind that that's the reason why we won. Yeah. And we came back seven runs in the fifth inning. Like, <laughs> what happened I know I and um, I, I remember that game and I I think that's like so important is how your dugout I, I think I think the best teams have the best dugouts honestly like it's when you can visibly see your teammates rooting for each other I think that carries mm-hmm. teams the farthest honestly yeah I completely agree so let's talk about outfield because that's your baby that's where you love to play and Another jealousy of mine, I don't like the word jealousy, but, you know, I went to go play college outfield and never actually did. And you get to play on some of the best outfields, like, ever. You now have, like, a turf outfield. Mm -hmm. Is that, like, new? Have you played on one before? I don't even know. (sighs) I haven't played on one in a very long time. I I, I think I went to a camp at Michigan a long time ago, and I I vividly remember the turf outfield because I dove for a ball and I got like turf burn all all on my arm. And I was like, "Mm, don't like turf, but practicing Mm. on it this fall, it's definitely different, but you know, outfields outfield, like I might get some turf burns, but oh well. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because I'm your sister, but you are one of the best reactionary outfielders I've ever witnessed. Like, you know, I grew up watching Caitlin Lowe, like one of the best outfielders to ever play the game. And I think like there's so many qualities that she has that, that she had that you have. So if you could attribute like certain training that allowed you to be good with reaction and good with reading balls, like what are some of those things that maybe led you here? I, I just remember focusing on footwork. That's, definitely something that coach P (laughs) instilled in us as outfielders and I Mm -hmm. went through five years of that so I definitely think my time there has made me into the outfield that outfielder that I am today like we constantly worked on footwork like probably for an hour every day like it was just ladders Mm -hmm. and just like your first step is the most important and that's something that we worked on like almost every day and then we go out into live 
and it just kind of became natural at that point. I don't remember ever like training my range. You know, I don't really like remember yeah. like specific drills. I just think it was like I wanted to hunt down the ball and I wasn't mm-hmm. going to let a fence stop me type of mindset. And I like I think your mindset is kind of like the biggest attribute like if you are out there cuz outfielders don't get many balls in the game. I mean, it depends on the game, but Gen- like generally like you're kind of the last line of defense and so if you have the mindset that like anything that's hit out here like you are stopping you are either diving for it to get it before it hits the ground or stopping it before it gets to the wall like having that aggressive mindset I feel like has helped me the most and it, it helped me like test my limits like when you're in practice like test your limits there's nothing to lose. You can see how far you can go to get to a ball. Just kind of like simple things like that. Don't make it as like more complicated than it is. Like just simple mm-hmm. things like working on your footwork and just like having an aggressive mindset when you're out there and just knowing that your pitcher is working her butt off to limit the amount of hits that the opposing team has and just knowing that you can make some of those amazing plays, I think is like the greatest part of being an outfielder. Mic drop. Let's go. Okay, so I know I know a lot of kids, they struggle with trying to figure out how to dive. Do you remember your experience of learning how and, like, how you got better at it? There are, like, some simple drills that I, I remember doing. I started on my knees at first and just having, like, someone, like, toss me a ball and I would literally be on my knees and just, like, fall and catch it. Other than that, I feel like I kind of just went for it. I don't know. I, I mean, I had some like hiccups with my diving. That's how I broke, you know, my hands twice. But um, <laughs> uh, I've, I've always been like more of a head first diver, no matter like what angle the ball is coming in at. But mm-hmm. here at Michigan, obviously I can still head first dive whenever I want, but I've also, I've never really been good at like the slide under yeah. catches, you know? And I've like, that's just not my first instinct when I like, go for a ball and have to die for it. I always just normally went head first, but we work on slide under drills and those you can do like from like, I'm like 10 feet away from you and you just toss me a ball and I just like a normal slide with your feet and everything. Yep. Just like that. And like just working on getting like your timing and like your footwork and like still like being able to track the ball into your glove. You can simplify that, but I've gotten like way more comfortable with that. Honestly, I wish I would have, known how to do a slide under dive because I feel like the two instances where I did break my hand I probably should have done a slide under dive instead of a head first dive but that's interesting okay. that's okay we're learning <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah so I wasn't planning on going down the injury timeline but now that you brought it up there are actually a few athletes that I know right now that are in the middle of just being injured and trying to like find their motivation again and you having broken you broke both your your hands like literally both yep you can show the scar if you want I mean YouTube people the people on YouTube could see it kind of nasty oh it's there it's okay it's it's a battle scar but take me through because I don't remember you ever being super down or you know feeling bad and I'm sure you had those moments but I do remember you just being resilient and saying you know what like I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on the field sometime soon and I'm just gonna figure out ways to still get better without playing. So like, can you just briefly go through that experience for you of like injury 
and then going through maybe a second time, maybe feeling like, oh, I've done it once, I can do it again. <laughs> Take me through that. Yeah. So the first time I broke my hand, I think I was in eighth grade and I was in like the heart of volleyball season. And obviously like that's not the sport I ended up playing in college, but I loved playing volleyball. Like I loved playing every sport known to man. And so when I found out that I broke my hand and I wasn't allowed to play anymore, like that one hit me the hardest, I think. I mean, it was the first Mm -hmm. one. It was the first time someone said you can't play because of an injury. Like, I mean, it, it was awful. I didn't like, I didn't like being on the bench. I didn't like not being able to help my team like on the court and so on. But then I feel like that was the first time that I had to really accept a different role and realize that that role is just as important as a role on the court or on the field or any scenario like that. I I try to put more attention towards my teammates rather than like sulking in, in my own, you know, injury and prevention and whatnot. So that was kind of like the first time I was like, you know what, I can't contribute on the field or on the court, but I can contribute just as much on the sidelines and cheering for my teammates. And then when I got back from that injury, I think it was like our volleyball tournament, like CYO tournament or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I was the setter before I hurt my hand. And obviously I couldn't set anymore because I was just fresh off of a finger injury. So I became like an outside hitter instead. And even then, like I had to switch to a different role. Like I was so, I remember being so much more comfortable as a setter, but my team didn't need me as a setter anymore. So I had to switch my role. And so going through that was a little challenging, but I was just so excited to be back on the court. I didn't really care where I was playing. And then fast forward to my second handbrake, which was the summer before coming into college. That one, that one also wasn't very fun because it was my last summer of travel ball. And so I didn't get to, I didn't really get to play with my, that, that team as much as I wanted to, but I was still just as excited because I was about to head into college. So it was kind of just like, I don't know, just one of those, it didn't hit me as hard, I guess. And then Mm-hmm. And freshman year, when I broke it the weekend, <laughs> I was actually playing you at Purdue or when you were coaching there. Yeah, yeah. And I ended that up... That was awful. Yeah, it wasn't fun. And I ended up playing, still playing that game when I when I broke it during warm-ups. And I was in so much pain, but I, th- I didn't think it was broken. So I just kept playing. And I did as much as I could. I couldn't, I couldn't swing the bat at all. I re- remember... Haunted. Yeah, I remember I just bunted and I ended up getting on a few times. So I was like, well, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then obviously it swelled and I had to get x-rays and sure enough, it was broken. And I was devastated because I mean, that was my freshman season. Like I was like, I was starting, like that was like my goal. I was like, I want to start as a freshman and I did. And then obviously that didn't happen because of this and I think for like a few weeks, I was just kind of like, why me? Like I literally just broke my hand the the summer coming in. Like how, like, how can I break another one this like soon whatnot? But that year I think was the most defining year of my career because of that. I realized like I did my eighth grade year in volleyball, like I still have a role and I still, I needed to own that role instead of obviously I was in rehab, still focusing on how I can prepare myself for next year. But most of that season, most of the memories I have 
were just being the loudest person in the dugout. Like I, I was the first person out cheering, cheering for a hit, cheering for a play, whatnot. And I tried to be as observant as I could. Like if I noticed something or like noticed that like the outfield wasn't in the right spot, like I would kind of like talk to coach P about it. And then like, we would discuss it with the outfielder. So I kind of became like, just like the second eyes for like the starting lineup. Mm. And I was okay. I was okay with that. And like, we made a great run that year. I remember we went to like Ole Miss and we beat Arizona state. And it was just like, I still had just as much fun in the dugout and not playing as I feel like I would have like playing. So ever since then, I've kind of was just like, you know what, everybody, no matter if you're starting or not, is just as important. And that's kind of when like your dugout and you cheering for your teammates is what carries you through the season. So yeah, injuries, they're never fun, but there's, there's a reason for them. Like they, they teach you a lot of lessons. And so I would just advise like young athletes, like you have so many goals that you want to achieve. And sometimes like injuries can get in the way of that, but there's just so much to learn and like take from. And it only makes you a better player once you are able to get back out there. So I love that you made the most of it. Like you made the absolute most of that opportunity, even though like a lot of people would say, Oh, whoa, me, it, it doesn't sound like you even let that happen. And if you did, it wasn't very long Yeah, because you knew you could still help your team. Cause you're still a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of parents and coaches listening. And if you have an athlete that's hurt or injured, like they, like give them a role. Give them something to do, to look forward to that can really help the team. Because I feel like Coach P and UNC, like they did a really good job of letting you still participate and contribute. And and that is something that like, it just makes you feel good mm-hmm. when you feel like you're helping, yeah. you know? Yeah. And if you're just like there, but aren't, or, and you're just doing things that aren't even productive at all. And you're just like, I could do more better things with my time. Like, okay. It's like, you wouldn't get anything out of it, but... I love, and you said that was like the most defining season for Mm -hmm. you. Like if only, here's, here's my thing. The first time I had the experience of not playing other than mono when I had it my freshman year, but I was only out for two weeks. So like, yeah, there's that. Yeah. But was when I went and played pro and it was like, I was, I was on the bench more than I was playing for most of that career. And I had never had an experience like that. If only I could think of one person who I have the closest blood relation to that's been through something not injury related, but like not playing and seeing how you can make the most of it. I think I should have just called you up now that we're having this conversation, (laughs) but I just love how you just made the most of it and you're so special. I'm so, so happy that you're my sister. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So I wanted this to be a brief episode just to kind of introduce you and for people to get to know you and also be excited for your season, just like me. And also this is it. Like this is your last ride. What are some feelings or thoughts that you have knowing this is it? Any perspective, things you can share? Honestly, this year, I'm just entirely grateful. I think just knowing that I should have never gotten six years, you know, like I, when I was getting recruited, it's like four years and you're done. And here I am about to start my sixth year, which sounds insane when I say it. But I'm also just like, I'm not finished. Like I, I, there's a reason that I wanted to like play this last year. Like I could have easily just stopped playing and just went on with a different career. But I just felt like not very satisfied and it had nothing to do with 
like North Carolina or just like not like achieving like goals I had set out. It was just, I mean, I had that injury my freshman year and then COVID kind of took away another season. So it was just like, I never really got the full four years and I want to make the most of it. And I'm so grateful that I'm here at Michigan. I can't imagine like an even better fit. Like I thought North Carolina was a great fit, but (laughs) Michigan's just as great of a fit for me. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really excited to just kind of lay it out all on the field for like the final time and Mm-hmm. final time I there can't can't and <laughs> NCAA would never yeah. let me <laughs> but um yeah and I I think this group of girls is so special and I'm just so excited to get out on the field with them and just see how much success we can have and and I've always like playing in the spring is just like nothing else and it's like one of my favorite things in the entire world and just the fact that I get to do it again um see new places play new teams I mean there's like this is gonna be a very challenging year but I think it's gonna be like one of the best years so I'm just really looking forward to it and I get to share it with you and mom and Ben and everybody like being that close (laughs) from home like everybody gets to come and like even like my (laughs) friends from home they're just like we haven't gotten a chance to play you or see you play because you're all the way out in North Carolina and now that you're only two hours like yeah I think it'll be very a very emotional but very heartwarming experience and I'm just looking forward to it so same this is like not the main reason why I don't coach in college anymore but like I live for this like I cannot wait I cannot wait to like literally watch you like you used to watch me when I was little when you were little you know like this is like my dream so I'm not living through you but I just can't wait to be on the sidelines and cheer you on this is going to be so fun and yes I will be at the the first weekend watching you play so if anybody's watching ESPN I'm pretty sure you're on TV maybe the second weekend or something but yeah um if people are super inspired by you which I'm pretty sure they all are where can they follow you and Michigan and everybody this season we have it. We have Instagram pages. I have an Instagram page. I don't think I'm private, so feel free to. I will be posting everything Michigan on my stories. What's your handle? What's your name? Christina underscore Burkhart. And then our media guy is fantastic. Like he posts some of like the best graphics and the best videos. So please check yes. him out. And he's all like it's we're so awesome cool. on Twitter. Um, I think we have a TikTok, but I'm <laughs> not sure how many we've posted or <laughs> I'm not really sure. But yeah, you can find us Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Love it. All right. So we're going to wrap up with five to thrive questions. So okay. rapid fire questions. Dad was especially nervous for this part when I asked him. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Um, <laughs> you have nothing to be nervous about. Just go with your gut. That's okay. all I can say. Okay, cool. First question is outfield or hitting? Which one would you choose? Outfield. If you could only choose one. Outfield. Yep. Figured that one. <laughs> what was the greatest thing mom and dad taught you growing up? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, I feel like, or live in the moment. I feel like I am a very easy go, go with the flow person. And I would have to say that's because that's because of them. So. Mm, love it. Good one. What's your favorite thing about softball? Uh, so much. Um, Other than the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I think it would be the memories that I've shared with the different teams that I've ever been on mm-hmm. each of those teams have brought something different and I've learned from them and just going through all of those experiences the ups the downs like it's core memories of my life so 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Did you have a big role model growing up? Other than you. Yeah, don't choose me. Um, <laughs> gosh. Which I am flattered. Doesn't I don't even head. know. I don't remember having a softball role model other than you. I <laughs> I feel like the whole sport itself, <laughs> like I don't remember watching one specific person. The Women's College World Series when I was younger was just like the highlight of my summer. And yeah. I just remember sitting on the couch and I'm like, I have to watch every single game. And mm-hmm. I just, I envisioned myself there. So I would say that would be, that itself is my role model I guess that's freaking so you standing at the world women's college world series it's you later this year basically okay yeah I'm foreshadowing it (laughs) let's go (laughs) let's go I'm here for it all right before I ask you the final question I just want to thank you for coming on this has been one of the most fun interviews I've done well, yeah, um, it was, I mean, it's just like, we're talking, like I could call you on the phone. So literally, literally I'm here for it. And I'm here for you all season girlfriend. Okay. Last question that I have, what legacy do you want to leave on this game? Oh, wow. I think that I would want to leave a legacy that, that seems achievable. I feel like there's kind of this umbrella that, not many Midwest players can make it far. And I think growing up, I think I thought that myself, you know, like it's not, it's not something easy when you see all these girls on TV that are like from California and like stuff like that. And I think that's why you were my role model because you obviously came from the same place as I did and you got so far. And so I just want to, I just want to be able to be, someone that other people can look to to and know that they have a bright future for themselves and that nothing can hold them back. And if you really want to see yourself succeed, like put yourself first and make, make those hard decisions and leave your own legacy. And like, I don't want anybody to have like regrets and I definitely don't have any because everything has shaped me into the person that I am today. And yeah, that was a that was a difficult question, Ashley. <laughs> well, I'm just crying as you're giving the answer. It's fine. That was so well said, and it's true. Like this is one of the reasons why I built one this podcast, like for people who no matter where you live can like still grow and learn. And it's why everything that I I'm building exists for that same reason. It's like your dreams and your goals can happen. I don't care where you live. Mm-hmm. I don't care what part of the world you live in. Yes, it's harder for us. But, man, that was so good. Well, we are so excited to watch you this season. This is going to be fun. The last ride. The hashtag last ride. ride. Is that what we have to say on social media? Hashtag <laughs> last, last ride. By the, yep. by the way, she is number 23, and you can share why. A few reasons. Um, I kind of wanted to bring a little bit of North Carolina with me. So number 23 was obviously Michael Jordan's number. And yeah, ironically, he just, the documentary called The Last Dance kind of fits in perfectly with my situation at the moment. So we're kind of going along with that. So the last ride, last dance, hashtag 23. (laughs) Hashtag 23. Let's go. Well, so, so happy you could be on. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your off day with us. And we'll be following you all season. Thanks for having me. I love you. Love you. 
This was such a hard interview for me simply because I'm just so proud of her. Uh, half these things that she mentioned, I didn't even know she was going through mentally. And just how her last answer of the legacy she wants to leave on this game, and especially Midwest players who we have what people would say the odds against us. She is one of my role models now. It's, it's just so fun hearing from somebody that you love so much, how much she's learned from the game and, and what she's giving back to it. So, man, this was just so much fun. And I hope you learned a lot. And if there are specific parts that really stood out to you that you learned from or you believe somebody you know can learn from, like maybe somebody who's been injured that can learn from Christina's story, definitely share it with them. Share it with a friend. As you share it, as you go write us a review or just leave a review on Apple Podcasts, this podcast will grow. And I know this community is one of my favorites to be a part of. And I just appreciate you guys so much for being here and for introducing and shouting out my sister. If you guys want to share on Instagram your favorite part, I know she would love to hear from you and give her some encouragement going into her final season. I will be at most of her games. So check her out, follow her team and go blue. I can't believe I'm saying that, but so excited to have you here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And don't forget, stay awkward, stay humble and keep pushing towards your huge goals of yours. All right, I'll see you next week. 